If it's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight, say amen. amen. It's good to know that uh, we're in a place around people that love each other. We can smile, we can cry, you know, I, we don't have to worry about being judged because we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We can pour out our hearts to one another and we can't think of a better place to be or a better group of people to be around uh, than the group of people here tonight and the place right here tonight. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to come and share God's Word with you. Uh, if you have your Bibles, we'll be in the very beginning in the book of Genesis. We'll preach all the way to Revelation tonight. No, I'm just playing. Uh, I, won't, I won't do that to you. But we'll be in Genesis chapter 1, if you have your Bibles. Genesis chapter 1, and we'll be at the very last verse of Genesis chapter 1. If you would, please stand uh, tonight. When you get to that, Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. Genesis chapter 1. I'm going to go ahead and pop this open. Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. The Word of God says this. It says, And God saw everything that He had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You for allowing us to come together here tonight. Lord, we pray that You'd help us obey You in all things. Lord, we ask You to take Your Scripture tonight, Lord Father, and use it as a powerful thing here tonight. Use this chapter, Lord. Use these thoughts, Lord Father, that You've blessed upon our hearts, Lord Father, this day, this week, Lord, that You can help us grow, help us grow as Christians, help us grow closer to You before it's everlasting too late. Lord Father, tonight I pray that if there's anybody here that's lost and undone, Lord, they won't leave this place in the same condition they came. And Lord, just continue to watch over this church, this community, watch over their pastor and their family, Lord. Continue to lift them up. In Jesus' name I ask, Amen. You can be uh, seated here tonight. Now, uh, in the book of Genesis chapter 1, uh, I, I've been reading this uh, today and in the last few days thinking about uh, I wasn't going to make everybody stand and me read 31 verses. I, was, I wasn't going to do that, but a lot of the message is on the whole chapter of the book of Genesis chapter 1. Uh, chapter 1 uh, is, is so much in that particular uh, piece of Scripture. You know, uh, the last uh, piece there, and it's, God saw everything that He had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning uh, were the sixth day. Praise the Lord. Uh, you know, the supreme being, the Almighty, the uh, El Elohim, Yahweh, uh, uh, whatever you want to call Him, the Creator of the world, uh, made the earth and everything in it and on it in six days. Now, uh, there's a lot of opinions on what six days mean, and I can take it pretty simple because Genesis chapter 1 uh, says that the evening and the morning was the first day, and the evening and the morning were the second day. Uh, I take those as just talking about literal days. Now, you can read into that as far as you want to, uh, uh, but I like to think it was just plainly a 24-hour day that God created certain things. Now, uh, during this creation, uh, I believe that He did it in six days, as the Bible tells us, uh, but as I was reading and studying, looking at this, the first thing that came to my mind was why did He have to do it in six days? Why did God decide uh, uh, to do it in exactly the way that He did it? Now Moses wasn't there to see it firsthand. Uh, uh, Moses was given this to write so we would know exactly how it happened. I, I believe it came to him as a great vision and he was inspired to write this. Uh, now God created the world uh, and everything in it in six literal days. Uh, and why couldn't He have just snapped His fingers and made everything that we have in existence? Uh, why couldn't have He had literally spoke it, uh, commanded, 
created it, uh, have a big bang, as the scientists like to say that there is, uh, and everything just sprang up exactly the way that He did it. Why did He choose uh, six days? Now, for us to understand why God chose six days, we have to go all the way back. We have to understand how God works. We have to go all the way back here to creation. The very first piece of Scripture, the very first book of our Holy Bible gives us a very under, very clear understanding of how God works uh, and how God works in our lives and how God works in the church. Now, uh, for us to look at this, we have to think of a few things. Now, in the creation story, there's a few points that I really noticed when I I was reading Genesis chapter 1. And the very first thing that I noticed is God has structure. Uh, now, when God was creating things in the very beginning, if you really look, you deep dive within what was going on each day, God was very specific in His reasoning. He was very specific in what He was doing. Uh, he took a particular day, uh, and He created the earth, uh, and He created the heavens. Uh, and then He took the next day, uh, and He created a, a separation uh, uh, between uh, uh, the air and, the, and what was going on there in the atmosphere. And then He made ground come up out of the water, praise the Lord, and what does it say? It says that grass came up on the land. Uh, you know, every time that God did something, uh, He didn't have to back up and change anything. Did you notice that in Scripture? That when God spoke something, when God commanded something into existence, uh, He didn't back up and say, yeah, I don't really like the grass the way that I, I'm going to make that. I'm going to make that blue next time. I, I'm not going to really make it green. Uh, I, he he designed the trees and the grass uh, all there together. Now he has structure, and I'm glad that he does not plan chaos. Okay. Now, I plan chaos. My wife plans chaos as much as she would like to pretend that she doesn't. We are planners of chaos in our home. And I can tell you that because on Sunday mornings is the worst day because we do something together as a family. We get up together and we prepare to go to a place together. Now, all week long, we don't go anywhere together when we start the day off. We may go out in the afternoons and do something. But in the morning, getting up, rolling out of bed, preparing, we don't get up and go someplace together together except for Sunday mornings. And Sunday mornings at our house is chaos because uh, we got a six-year-old boy that doesn't know how to get dressed appropriately. We have a three-year-old that screams and bickers when you try to uh, get her to do anything. We're just about guaranteed uh, to be close to being on time or late. Uh, most Sundays when we go to things, you say, Zach, that, that sounds like poor planning. I'm telling you, it's chaos in our home. We are not good planners. She's like, yeah, we're not. We, we, we're not good at it. Now, I, I'll try to be on time, but when we work together, we plan things, we have chaos. God has structure. God does not have chaos. When He starts this creation and He goes through it, He is a good planner. Okay? We go to verse 11. And if you look in verse 11, there's a piece of Scripture there that says, Grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself. And that one statement Moses pins, uh, I don't believe that Moses was a, a trained horticulturalist. Uh, I don't believe he knew everything about plants that there was to know. But in the powerful piece of Scripture there, in Genesis uh, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 11, uh, you see Moses take one sentence, 
sentence and classified the entire plant kingdom with one statement. Uh, you have a statement there that covers the ones that have the exposed seeds, the hidden seeds, and the whole plant, that pretty much the plant is the seed. That's all plants. How did Moses know and understand? I'll tell you how he was inspired to write this. And God provided a day specifically to create all plants. Isn't that amazing that God took a whole day out of His schedule now? <laughs> God took a whole day to separate, bring ground up, and to grow every plant imaginable, fully grown, all the way up. Beautifulness, perfection. It was great. God provided this day for the entire planet, uh, plant kingdom. You know, He didn't back up and have to change a thing. He didn't go back on the next day. Now, uh, at certain times during the week, I say that I wish I could go back and change what I did the day before. Hey, how many of y'all have done something one day and you didn't have enough time the next day and you tried to make up for it and we try, to, we try to plan and we're not good planners. We make mistakes. We're not good at forecasting things. God is perfect in His forecasting. He is perfect in His plan. He, he put enough time. He only needed a day, praise the Lord, and He did it that day. I'm glad when God works, He is structured. He lines things up the way that He needs them to be. We see in verse 20, He says, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life, and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open, open ferment of heaven. Now we've seen structure that He created all the plants in one day. We get to this piece of Scripture here with chapter 20, and what does He do? He creates two types of beings, two types of, of things in our world. He creates the fowl of the air. He creates the fish of the sea in one day. And praise the Lord, I'm glad there's structure to what God has decided to do. You know, birds and fish have tons of things in common. They have hollow bones. They have migratory instincts. Uh, the way that their skin is done, they either have scales and layers or they have feathers in layers, okay? They, both of them primarily lay eggs. Uh, he designed two things in one day, and uh, you have to sit back and think, does Moses know all this? Is Moses smart enough to pin all this together? Uh, no doubt Moses was a pretty uh, sharp guy, but this is something that is above him. This is God-level stuff. This is the holy God, the perfect uh, uh, being that came down and He spoke these things into existence. He was a person that set this up in structure. Structure today. It gets in verse 25, and it says, The beast of the earth after his kind, and the cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. Praise the Lord. He gets done with the, the, the skies. He gets done with the plants. He gets done with the fish. Uh, and then he creates the beast of the earth. He puts things on the land, and he classifies all the things that are going to be on the land, the things that crawl, the things that swarm, the things that fly. If you really read into the Hebrew, that's what he's saying. Everything that could possibly exist is running around crawling it's all classified here, and he set a day apart to do it. Right. You know, he set this day apart, and the beasts of the earth, and I like that he called, and the cattle of after their kind. If you really read into that, he, he, that's the only animal called out in Scripture is cattle. And all cattle uh, can reproduce across each other. All of them work. Isn't that amazing? That, that classification that Moses wrote here, the understanding, the structure that God put in the beginning in the creation of time makes sense. It doesn't, he, he always makes sense. He has structure, he plans, he, he has it all laid out for us. 
Now, not only is God structured, but His plan takes time. You can see here He took six days. He took six days for what other purpose than for us to have to understand to have patience. I believe that's why God took six days. I believe God could have... He could have done anything He wanted. He could have blinked. I don't know if He's got eyes, but He could have blinked. He could have spoke. He could have done anything, and earth would have been there. Man would have been there. Everything would have been there. But He took the time to go through and specifically have days lined up, have certain agendas He wanted to do. Praise the Lord. Why? To show us to have patience. God's plan takes time. If we look back in the Old Testament, we see multiple Multiple people that had to realize that it takes time uh, to do things in your life. Poor old Job, he had to realize that it takes time. It takes just persevering. It takes uh, losing your whole family sometimes and going covered in boils. and uh, Your friends pretty much blaming God, blaming you, Job, or something that you did. It took time in Job's life to heal. It took time in Abraham's life for what? To leave his family and to get up into old age and his wife being barren and God tell him, you're going to have a son and you're going to have a, a, a lineage that's going to be not even be able to number it like the stars. It's going to be like the, the sands on the seashore today. Hey, he gave him promises. Uh, once again, it was a structured thing that God takes time. He sets time apart. Uh, do you think that Moses at 40 years old wanted to kill a man and for 40 years go out into the wilderness, marry a woman, uh, become friends with Jethro, a marry his daughter, and then at 80 years old have to go back to Egypt and lead them out of bondage and for 40 years be in the wilderness and then die before he gets to the promised land? Patience. 120 years that Moses took and he never even got to see the promised land after 40 years in the wilderness. It takes patience today. It takes time. God has a time appointed for us to do things. It says that there's a time to cry, there's a time to rejoice, there's a time to, to do certain things. And I'm glad today we have a time appointed that we have to go out and do the work. And I'm not giving y'all no excuses. Preaching that right there and thinking about that, I'm not giving y'all no excuses to sit back and do nothing and be lazy. I can raise my hand and say, I know what that means. But God has a time for us to work. He not only is structured, He not only gives us time, but He also, His plans are good. His plans are good. Did y'all know that? It says so many times throughout this Scripture, each time God created something, if you read through Genesis chapter 1, He created something, He described it, it was good. He created something. He described it. It was good. You know, the only place He doesn't do that, I'll tell you to go look, is when He created man. When He created man, He doesn't specifically say it was good. He waits till later to say that everything He created was good. Okay? But when He created man, He didn't really call that out. But I'm glad that when God does something, He has structure. He takes time to do it. And when He does it, it's good. It says, and God saw that it was good. You'll find that six times in Scripture uh, throughout Genesis chapter 1. I'm glad that when God is involved, when God is structured, when God takes the time, the plan is good. I want you to know, if God's got a plan for you, if God's working with you, if God's got a ministry, He's got a, a something in your life that He wants you to work with, uh, He wants you to preach, He wants you to teach, He wants you to go out and witness, pray, I want you to know that God has good plans for you. Not that you should suffer, not that you should fail, but good plans. God's work is always a good thing. Always.
always good. You say, Zach, I've served the Lord, and I've got my feelings hurt before, and you say, what, you're a better person for it. Zach, I've suffered through certain things trying to serve the Lord. I want you to know you are here today and you're a better Christian than you were before. You may think you're worse off. You may think that you're less than you were before, but you are better. God does not make you worse. I ain't found it in Scripture anywhere where somebody was worse off after they did something for God. Now, they may have to go through trials. They may have to be persecuted. They may even hurt for just a little bit. Short little time. This life is but a vapor. It's here today and gone tomorrow. But I want you to realize that each and every time you find somebody that does what God says, they come out on top. They do what God tells them to do. Not only does he have a plan, he takes the time, he's structured, but the final thing we want to look at is that God focuses on who? God focuses on himself. If you read Genesis chapter 1, you know how many times you'll find the name God? In chapter 1 of Genesis, there's 31 verses. God's name's 32 times. So, Zach, that's more times than there are verses. Yeah. God is focused on Himself. God is lifted up. In the very first chapter, in the very first book of our Holy Scriptures, you have God mentioned 32 times. If you count the pronouns every time that He has called Himself I and myself, uh, He calls Himself out 43 times. In 31 verses, he says, Zach, you counted those, I did. I went through and counted them, highlighted them, marked them off. You know why? Because it's all about God. If you've got plans, if if you're working for God, God takes those time, God gives you a plan, God has structure, but it all has to be focused on who? It has to be focused on God, not me. You know, I've tried to focus things on me, and things get worse. I, I don't know why when I plan things, they get worse. If I structure things, they don't work. If I try to put myself and have my best foot forward, things never seem to work out the way that I want them to. But praise God, if I do the the things God wants me to, they're not always fun. They're not always easy. I'm not always uh, happy-go-lucky when I'm serving God because it's not always the easiest thing. But praise the Lord, God's work focuses on Him and Him alone. The very first page of Scripture, God is brought to the very front 43 times. 43 times I or God calls Himself out over and over in Scripture. Why do you think Satan focuses on debunking Genesis chapter 1 so hard? It's one of the most powerful pieces of Scripture. If you take chapter 1, Genesis in the Bible, and you say it's not real, you might as well not even believe in salvation. I'll say that to you today, church. If you don't trust the inspired Word of God for Moses to pin this down and understand the creation happened because God spoke things into existence, when you get to chapter 2, you see literally how God created man, how God created woman, how all the animals were named. If you look at that and you say, that is not real, you might as well not believe the rest of it. I'm being serious with you tonight, church. It's very easy to understand. Don't look at something and say, this can't be real, and turn it two pages over and say, this has to be real. Jesus died for us. I believe that. But He wasn't there in creation. In the book of John, the very first chapter, it says that He was in the beginning and all things were created for Him and by Him. It was Jesus right there in the Garden of Eden. I'd like to think it was Jesus' literal face that was down there breathing in the nostrils and the breath of life into Adam. That physical Jesus was walking in the garden. He heard the the sound of the voice of God walking. And I I can't fathom that. I don't know how a voice walks in a garden. I don't get that. 
But I do know one thing, that this word that we have is true. It's perfect. There's lots of different translations, and I won't get into that, but I want you to know something. What it says is what it says. It's very simple. It's very clean cut. God has structure. God has plans, and they take time. His plans are good, and praise the Lord, the plans have to focus on Him. Have to focus on Him. Your plans have to focus on Jesus. Nobody else is who you need to serve. Nobody else you have to call upon their name. Nobody else tonight you have to pray to at an altar. Nobody else you pray to at your home other than the Son of God that is Jesus Christ. He is the intercessor. He's the one that's bearing intercessor on the right hand of God. Uh, He's the one that ascended so we may live, that we could call on Him. Uh, uh, The veil was torn from the top to the bottom, praise the God. Uh, I'd like to think God reached down uh, and took that old veil in the most holiest of holies. Uh, He said there's no more separation. Uh, You can come Come directly to me. Uh, uh, praise the Lord. We don't have to go to a sinful man today to confess our sins. Uh, we have a holy Jesus that we can call upon. And His plans are perfect. Uh, your plans are not. Uh, if you want to do something for God, uh, focus it on God. Uh, if you want to be saved today, uh, you need to focus on Jesus Christ. Uh, if you want to do something, first of all, it takes time. It does, church. I know. I've been at, this is my third church that I've got to pastor. It's been a blessing. But I look back and I, I know that I've made mistakes. And I've already made mistakes where I'm at because I'm, I'm, I'm impatient. I don't know if y'all are. I'm impatient. I like things now. I'm a fast food guy. I, I grew up in the age that we got fast food and we got credit cards. <laughs> if you want it, you can get it. And that's how that's my generation, okay? Today I'm glad that you have to slow down sometimes to just let God work. So many times I've thought about doing stuff and I've I've talked to people and asked their opinion, and it always makes me annoyed. They say, uh, have you prayed about it? <laughs> that takes time. Have you sat down and really thought about that? I'm going to go out and I'm going to a witness. I'm going to visit. I'm going to do this. I got this program. Zach, have you really stopped and prayed about that? I don't like that. <laughs> I tell you, it hurts my feelings sometimes when, I, when I'm talking to people or I'm asking their opinion. And one of the first things they say is they point it back to God. Hey, praise the Lord tonight. If you want to do something worth doing, go ahead and stop everything that you're doing and say, does this point to God? Does this point to God? Does everything that I'm doing, everything that I I take part of, what I'm watching on the television, how I'm treating my kids, where I'm at right now, is it pleasing to God? There'd be a lot of you be staying your tails at home (laughs) and turning that television off. Paying attention to your family, your spouse, your children. Calling people on the phone, wasting an hour at night talking about random stuff. Why? Because God's got a plan. Because God can work through that. God can give you structure. God can show you His plans. And His plans are good. They're good. I never thought that I would be behind a pulpit 10 years ago. Hey, five years ago when I started preaching, I didn't think I'd be back here this long either. I figured I'd give it up. I said, I'll do it for a little while if you leave me alone. You know, uh, serving the Lord... It's on His timetable. It's on His structure. And once again, it's got to focus on Him. Is what you're doing tonight feel like any of that? Does it feel like that? 
A lot of you, if you're really honest with yourself, you'll say, no, it doesn't feel structured. No, it doesn't seem like I'm pointing everything to God. No, it does not seem like everything is good. You know, the whole world could be falling apart, but a lot of times I still feel pretty good. My truck runs out of gas about every two or three weeks because my gas hand don't work on my pickup truck. And when I pull over, I got two gallons on the back of my truck. I ain't never been late to work because of that. He's good. And that's just a simple, funny thing to me. But he's good. He blessed me that opportunity. I may have to pull over on the side of the road and cut a, t- uh, cut a, uh, a little old bottle up, make my homemade funnel and pour gas on the side of the road. But guess what? He gave me the opportunity to do it. Somebody allowed to stop on the way by. I may get an opportunity. I may have missed a car wreck on the way home. I may have missed an accident. Deer may have run across the road. I don't know. I'm glad that his plans are good. They're perfect. When he created the world, he gets to the very end, in verse 31 that we read, and we see, and God saw everything that he had made. And what does it say? Behold, it was not good. It was very good. When he finally got done, when he finally got done with what he was doing, it was very good. I want you to know, you've got to promise each and every one of y'all tonight, whenever you die one of these days and you're going to die, know that. You're going to die. You're going to be buried somewhere. You're going to be burned up. However your body goes out, doesn't really matter. You're going to die. I've got a better promise after I die than any goodness He can ever give me here. I love my little old boy. I love my little girl. I love my wife. I love my family. I love my mom and dad. That mean the world to me. But... Good things can happen. We can hang out, have good times, play cards, give gifts, uh, go out to eat all we want to. And those things are good. And I'm glad that God gives me those plans, but the very good that I get one day. When I get to walk the street of gold, when I get to see my Savior, and I get to see the hands, I get to see the hole in His side, I get to cast my crown at His feet. Praise the Lord. That is the very good. When it got to the end of creation, it was very good. And I'm glad I'm waiting till the very end after I die. It's going to be very good. And I'm glad it's good here. It's good here. If you serve the Lord and you do this structure, God will show you good things. I don't, I don't care what you want to talk about. God's going to, I'm not preaching to you a, a good things and a, a name it and claim it and all this kind of stuff. And everything's going to be peachy. Give a bunch of money to the church and you'll be okay. No, I'm telling you this. God is good. Amen. He loves you. He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever may call upon Him shall, shall live forever. Shall be with Him in glory. What kind of very good do we need? We need to slow down. We need to focus on God. What God has planned is good. And it has structure. And it's going to take some time. Think about that tonight. What you got going on in your life is going to take some time. God created everything in this whole world in six days. And I still don't really understand why, other than to just show us to have patience. The Almighty took six days out of His schedule to create everything in this world. Next time you have some kind of problem come up, some kind of situation, ask yourself, can it wait six days? Most of it can. Can it wait just a little bit of time? Do I need to focus on God? Do I need to make sure this is structured? Do I need to make sure that everything that I'm doing, everything that I'm going through right now is pointing towards God? Ask yourself that when you're going through stuff. It takes time, folks. It's not easy. Do you think it was was easy, so to speak, for God to do those things? Well, yeah, it probably was, but 
my goodness, at all that was done. Uh, how many? There's 4,000 different species of grass. He made that one sentence. That's right. I'm glad that in the Word of God in Genesis chapter 1, it says, He made the stars also. He made the stars also. Five words. Five words to cover making trillions of stars in our galaxy. Right. Ain't that amazing? That's the structure, that's the power, and that's the purpose of an almighty God. As they get a verse of some song ready tonight, you have to think about what God is doing in your life. It's good. I'll tell you that. It's good. It's structured. He's there. But the one thing about it is, those six days, it takes some time. Don't be impatient. The Bible's full of people that had to have patience. They had to have more patience than they really wanted, but they had patience. They worked through it. They, they did what God told them to do. Elijah, poor old Elijah sitting on a creek bank, starving to death. He even told God to kill him at one point. But he gets on that old creek bank, and what did he do? He sent a raven down to feed him. What kind of patience did Elijah have? Sometimes we have to slow down. Oh, Elijah got hung up in a, in a cave, took a nap, and he was better the next day. I'm glad it takes just a little bit of time. Just slow down. As a church today, we want to see results. We want to see things right now. I, I work in a business, and guess what? Most businesses like to see things done right then, right now. The church house is no different. The church house wants to see souls saved. The church grow. Do it now. Do it right here. And I want to see it by the end of the month. I want to see it by the end of the year. We set certain limitations to what God can do with our church, or with our members, with, with, the, with our preacher, with whoever. But I'm glad all he does is just ask us to have a little time. Give us some time. I'm glad that you look through this Bible and the time that it covers, it covers from the very beginning all the way to even past where we're at right now. It's all there. It's all there. I'm glad all we got to do if we need direction is go to the book. What does it say? Focus on Him. Are you focused on Him tonight? As we stand, what page you got, brother? Page 